you know, when somebody asks, well, feeling kind of stuck in my career or, or what's one piece of career advice you have? It's always network, network, but do it in a genuine way and where you're connecting others, you're offering support. That's where the opportunities are going to come from. Hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design a life that you want to live. Today's guest is Claire Wasserman. She is the founder of Ladies Get Paid, a community, and is also the author of a brand new book called Ladies Get Paid as well. In this episode, we talk about Claire growing her community um, and core ideas from the book, such as negotiating, treating yourself as an entrepreneur, no matter whether you work at a job or not, the importance of relationships and getting opportunities through relationships, and so much more. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Claire. Claire, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So Claire, I got a question. You know, I read your book, Ladies Get Paid, and a lot of it is around, you know, there's a lot of great ideas. One in particular is around negotiation. Uh, and I want to dive into that in a little bit more, but was curious just in general, is there a small thing that you've recently negotiated, whether that's a, something with a friend, something, you know, buying something at a store, anything <laughs> like that is just kind of random. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my goodness. Last night, Spectrum, my internet. Guys, everybody out there, if there is ever a contract that you've signed, it is negotiable. And my internet's been going in and out. And I finally said, enough of this. I'm going to call. And they gave me some credit back. And they said, but I don't have enough of a record to show that you've called enough times to give you even more money back. And so I said, okay, every time my internet goes out, I'm going to call you. And I called them three more times that night. And I got even more credit back. Is that annoying? Yes. But so is paying for internet that doesn't work. (laughs) Well, another reason I'm super grateful, I'm glad that you paid them uh, and talked to them before this uh, so the internet doesn't hopefully cut out during this (laughs) conversation. Um, So funny. Is is negotiating, has that been something that you've seen has been an issue that holds people up for their uh, career development and career growth? I think so. I mean, Partly, do we ask yes and no? I mean, there used to be research that showed that women don't ask as often as men. Then there's been more recent research that says, actually, we do. We just don't get it. We don't get the money we ask for. I think that partly has to do with us taking what somebody says as face value. We don't want to disrupt, right? We want to be liked. So if we're told no, we say, okay, sorry, thank you. Instead of there is another ask you have to come with, right? There's like the comeback ask and that this isn't about you versus them. It's about finding a creative solution where everybody is getting something. And if that doesn't mean money for you, it can be other things that bring you value, career development, right? Signing bonus. It comes from a different budget than the salary that they give you. So the first offer is not the last offer. It is on us to not only ask, but again, to have that comeback ask. So I'm starting to see more women kind of stand their ground uh, more than they did before. You said the, the comeback ask? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when they say no, already have another number in mind. And then you can say, I know you pay people fairly. This is a company that values gender pay equity. I'm sure we can come up with something together that gets me closer to this number. They will say yes to at least something that you've asked for. Like that comeback ask and then comeback questions. Maybe I'm going to start to incorporate that into my interviewing process. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the in the book, I loved how you talked about negotiation is around also around investing into yourself and thinking of it as kind of like the LLC of yourself. Can you maybe talk to us a little bit more about that kind of framework or how you kind of think about kind of the LLC of yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times when we, and I'm just going to say we, and I, I'm talking about women, but of course this, anybody can feel this way. Um, that when we ask for something, we are now taking away from the other person, particularly for anybody listening. If you work at a nonprofit, you know exactly what I'm saying, right? Would you ask for more salary? Are you made to feel like, but now you're taking resources away from everybody else? Um, or when you ask for more, is it now a favor that you're asking? Is this charity? Are you being a burden? No, no. I want us to think about ourselves as a business. Our bosses are investors. Okay. So just like me as a business would go in and pitch an investor with, here's what I do. Here's how you can make money, right? You don't work for the company if you're not making the company money. And when they pay you a salary, they are essentially saying, I'm going to get a return on my investment. I am profiting from my employees, right? That is how a business works. So when you ask for money, it's demonstrating to them how when they invest in you, it's actually an investment in them. So it's not, it's not a favor. This is business. None of these things are favors. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there any other things that I've, if you think about things in terms of yourself being a business, is there other things that beyond negotiation that kind of pop up of things that uh, either you've done or that you think could be really helpful for people? I would love everybody to start thinking like an entrepreneur. Uh, and if you work for a full-time company, it's funny, it's, it's the word is intrapreneur, right? So it's sort of bringing an entrepreneurial mindset, but you're doing it within a company, which is fabulous because it's basically you getting a paycheck <laughs> to think about yourself like a business. So what that means is you're always looking for opportunities where you can improve the company, the team dynamic, you can make things more efficient, right? Just like a business, you're, you're serving a need in some way. And when you do that, you can then get recognition and reward for it. Uh, so sometimes, you know, coming in, doing our job and hoping our work speaks for itself isn't enough. And, and I know that's exhausting to hear, but sometimes we do have to raise our hand for things or do work uh, that brings in money. Right. And that's thinking again, like an entrepreneur. Um, so that's how I, all my jobs I was able to get because I, I came to the person and I said, you know, I have a bunch of ideas for how your business can do better. And they hired me. Um, and, and even within that job, I was constantly, you know, what, what's called job crafting. That kind of creative mindset is going to get you farther than just waiting for somebody to hopefully give you a promotion one day. Mm -hmm. Job crafting. And so that is coming up with ideas, presenting solutions, taking projects. Yeah. Yeah. And everything always has to be like, how is this benefiting you? Right? So if you are going to be saving the company time or money or resources, or like, that's what they want to hear. Um, and always, you know, kind of my point before about having that comeback ask, right. They may say no, right. Especially if you come with a big idea that might require budget. So already assume the reasons that they may say no, have a second idea, a way that you can kind of test the waters a little bit. Let me give you an example. 
I worked for a company. I was director of marketing. I was like, I want to make a video series here. I think it could be amazing. I knew they were going to tell me, no, we had no money. Okay. And I knew it was going to be expensive. I still pitched it anyway. And when I got that, no, I said, no worries. Let's do this as an Instagram series. If I can get enough views, if I can even get one piece of press over this, and it was taking the same concept, but it was doing little mini, you know, Instagram videos. Will you meet with me again? And can we revisit this? And they said, yes. And that's what I did. It was, it went really well. And I got budget to make the videos. And then I left to join another company. (laughs) (laughs) But as an entrepreneur, you're just constantly evolving, pivoting, et cetera. Um, Like I have this kind of like one of kind of a core ideas around portfolio career podcasts is a little bit around like the startup of a person. So it's really uh, interesting how you're talking about this idea of like, you know, think of yourself as an entrepreneur, even if you are at a company or even if you are a freelancer, even if you are self-employed. Totally. Um, It's being self-reliant. Also, it's, you know, bringing other people to the table. So you're, you know, you're not doing anything on your own. You're getting buy-in from other people. I mean, again, anybody out there who's full-time, who has no desire to start their own business. First of all, you're smart because this, this shit is hard, Uh, but read business books like that mentality, the, the self-starter mentality, you will get what you ask for, but you have to do it in a strategic way. Uh, and learning how other people built businesses, you'll, you'll find things that you can take and apply to your own life, no matter what work environment you're in. Yeah. Um, so ladies get, uh, ladies get paid the, so you used to have all these town halls, uh, and I loved this idea that I I think I heard on, correct me if I'm wrong, but how you kind of started out was a little bit of, uh, and I think it's got, uh, implications and applications in other areas too, but it was around kind of a little bit of like a referral type of process or, Mm -hmm. uh, can maybe talk to us a little bit about that, um, and how able to really, uh, kind of bring together a great group of people and kind of slowly build a community that way. Yeah. 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 I think the way that I began ladies get paid with the events that I was hosting, uh, and, and the word that got spread completely started this company. Um, it gave it a really solid foundation. So I had this idea to host an event. I called it a town hall because I really wanted it to be more of an open forum of discussion rather than a typical panel. And the theme was money. Okay. What does money mean to you? Just really just money talk, right? Let's talk about money and to get the women, to get enough women to come, but also to get women who were going to be really excited to be there and to have a lot to say. I thought of six women to have them would be amazing. And I went to those six women. I told them about the concept of the event. And I said, do you have, you know, one to three women who come to mind, who you think would love this, who would get a lot out of it, who could contribute a lot. Would you be willing to either introduce me or to personally invite them? And for everybody who got introduced to me, I would say the same thing. Can you think of one to three women, right? And soon, I mean, probably took me a couple of hours. We had a hundred women, hundred women signed up. We actually had more, they were on the wait list. And so the day of the event, it was so interesting. It was everybody in real time sort of experiencing what we see on Facebook, which is, oh, we've got mutual friends. Okay. And so it was just a beautiful way to begin an event, especially one where you're talking about something that is so sensitive of a subject, right? It's kind of taboo, but there was an inherent comfort level that they already had knowing that there was a six degree of separation going on. And that is how we grew grassroots invited all these women to Slack. And as they connected on Slack, they then also wanted to invite people. 
But every, again, every time somebody was welcomed into the community, I would always make sure that there was a personal element from me, uh, message on Slack. You know, I, I, I did so many town halls where I was showing up in person. I went across the country to 19 cities and I hosted town halls. And the way that those women came was also the same. Ask six women, then ask those women to, you know, introduce you. So I was in a way kind of able to scale myself because I taught women at 19 women in these cities to host their own town halls in the same way. And that's, that's grassroots. You know, we've, we've never spent a cent on a Facebook ad and we now have 75,000 women in our community from over, you know, all 50 States and over 120 countries. 75,000. Yeah. And 2 million messages exchanged on our Slack group since 2016, which is wild. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the, that, grassroots and, and kind of spreading of ideas and building community, I think it, it probably has implications to other things, right? Like, you know, writing a book, starting a podcast, and just this idea of like, do you know somebody else that could benefit from this? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but it's not something that I I, I would like to say it more often. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it's also, it's like people want to help their friends. Oh, yeah. Again, it's always, you know, not to be sort of reductionist about this, but it always really does come down to like, how is this benefiting you? You know? Uh, and so, yeah, being able to say like, how is this going to help you? Now you get to help your friend. She's going to get a lot out of this. Uh, so it's, it's been a joy. And also it demonstrates the behavior you want to see, right? Connect others. That's how we all should be building our network. Uh, when you help others, they will help you. I, I found just such goodwill in the paying it forward. That's, I mean, again, Every job I've ever had, it was through relationships that I built, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be running ladies get paid if not for the community. Yeah, totally. And, and the didn't also correct me if I'm wrong, but also like one of after maybe one of the town halls or so, didn't somebody else say like, hey, this is really great. Like maybe you should consider doing this and, and stuff or like keep, <laughs> keep going with this and um, maybe tell us a little bit more about that story if it's somewhat accurate. Yes. No, no, no. That was, yeah, that was the beginning of my book. Um, yeah. After I hosted this town hall, I mean, I had no intention of hosting anything else. I wasn't trying to start a business. It was really just my response to two things. One, a friend of mine who was an art director or who is an art director, freelancer. She said to me one day, holy shit. I just found out that some of my male, some of my male friends who are also freelance art directors, they're charging double what I'm charging double. Like, why are we not sharing our salaries? Why was I underpricing myself? Like, you know, what can we do about this? That and the fact that for a while, I'd been doing a lot of reading around the wage gap and the leadership gap, the investment gap, the funding gap. There are so many situations in which it is not equal between men and women and particularly for women of color. I mean, they're getting less than 1% of venture capital funding. So that had been in the back of my mind anyway. And when my friend came to me with this very specific question, there could be a specific answer, which was, let's get people together talking about money. And out of that conversation, it also then became clear, salary negotiation, that was a tangible way that we could at least begin to close our own wage gap. So I didn't really, you know, again, it all began with, well, I see a need. I don't know how I'm going to eventually really answer the need, but here's one thing I can do, right? This event. And at the end of the event, you know, we, it was in a, was in a New York apartment with a hundred women. It was pretty wild, actually. Cinco de Mayo. Like it was, it was a really, really special experience. And as I was walking out, a friend of mine pulled me aside and she just, she was like, you should do this. And kind of like waved around the room. And 
And she was like, whatever like this is, this is what you should be doing. And I, at that point, I had never spoken on a stage. Well, let me clarify that. I did win the high school drama award. So there we go. But the last time I'd been on stage, I was, you know, how old are we in high school? 17, 18. So this, this, and this was about five years ago. So and I was like 29. I had always been the one writing the script for my male bosses to go on stage. Okay. So this was the first time I really kind of heard my own voice. I was the leader. And so to have a vote of confidence like that from a friend, and also that it didn't need to be like, you should run this as a business, right? Because you don't necessarily need to hear that to know what you're going to do next. It's just follow, follow the instinct, follow the energy, follow the curiosity. And she really put it in my mind that I could do this, whatever, you know, this would turn out to be, which of course became ladies get paid. Yeah. It, it, it speaks to this idea of just like that you are just kind of so close sometimes and you can't really see that next step or you can't see the opportunity. And, and you, sometimes we have all these blind spots and also it's maybe it's one email away or one friend that says, Hey, you should do this can really have a big impact. Um, has there been other uh, aspects of that kind of weak ties, loose connections, things that have really kind of accelerated uh, the community and or the book? Yeah. I mean, all the opportunities that, I mean, not only I get, but you know, there's a jobs channel and in Slack, it's come from people whose paths I've crossed, you know, or, or people I've helped who've referred me on. Uh, I mean, again, that, that's why I, you know, when somebody asks, well, feeling kind of stuck in my career or, or what's one piece of career advice you have, it's always network network, but do it in a genuine way and where you're connecting others, you're offering support. That's where the opportunities are going to come from, but you have to put yourself out there before you actually need those opportunities. And it should be consistent. You know, don't, again, we tend to wait until we need something to actually do something about it. So just constantly be thinking, how can I create more of a community for myself? Uh, and how can I do that in a way where I'm supporting them? That's, that's been the key to everything in my life. And don't expect it to turn into to the size of the community that you had too, right? It's like, I remember the, like, the, the first podcast episode or like the first couple episodes, right? It's like, it's not going to turn into a big home run and big hit in, in the beginning, right? It's like, just what's the smallest next step I can keep yes, taking? And then- very much so. Otherwise you will get overwhelmed and it will paralyze you. So, you know, have a big vision and be impatient to get there, but also break it down, focus on one foot in front of the other and have some patience and and grace for yourself because this, this is the long game. It should be the long game. Totally. Uh, what other things have, do you, uh, surprise people once they kind of get into the slack? Uh, like, is there, uh, yeah. Like what other things do you think people should, if they were in the slack that they would see, whether that's negotiation, whether that's finding opportunities, whether that's, you know, actually job interviewing, uh, whether that's pivoting, anything that kind of jumps out. I'm sure, you know, you mentioned the 2 million messages, but um, <laughs> any kind of common threads or core ideas that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got different channels kind of based on, you know, what are your financial and professional questions, challenges, concerns? Uh, that's how this whole thing began is like, what are you anxious about and frustrated with at work? Can I try to figure out how to help you here, which was hiring career coaches and hosting workshops with them. Um, now in Slack, you know, it, it's peer to peer sharing. So what is really interesting is somebody will come in and say, I'm having a problem here. Or I have a situation or question. What's your advice? And people will it's basically crowdsourcing advice, right? People come in, they share their stories. And then that person 
keeps everybody updated. So they may say, I'm gearing up for a job interview. They might put their resume in there and people, we've had people share Google docs and like everybody jumps in and edits it, which is kind of fun to watch in real time. And then they'll come in after they'll say, Hey guys, I had the interview It went really well. I'll keep you posted. And then a few weeks later, they come in, I got the job and all of the emojis. And that's really cool to watch again in real time, real people's lives sort of unfolding in front of you. And that was why I wanted to structure my book by following the lives of real women and each of them going through a different professional challenge, uh, because that's what I saw in Slack. And it's so powerful. Yeah. And also like, then you created the book for the people, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, sometimes we create projects or we think, you know, or different art projects or creative projects or side hustles. And we're like, you know, I've got this idea. And it's like, but not many people care about that. Or you you haven't validated (laughs) that idea. Uh, But in, in your case, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the book was around having interviews with people and then kind of making the book for the community. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I've just found it to be so powerful when people realize they're not alone uh, and, and can see themselves in another person. And so I knew storytelling had to be a huge part of this. And as I thought about well, what are all of the questions, you know, that people often have in my community, the professional questions it really spans sort of the chronology of a career, right? Everything from, you know, what do I want to do? Who am I? Uh, Through getting the job and setting yourself up for success and getting a promotion and making change. And I thought, okay, let me find women whose lives can exemplify, you know, each stage of a career in a sense. And so I interviewed so many women to find the right women. So it, it was, that was what took the most time was actually all the interviewing. And I finally settled on nine women in my community And their stories are amazing. And as I tell their story, I stop along the way and I give advice Uh, because, you know, anybody can give advice, but to be able to see it also in tandem with a real person and what they went through and maybe the, you know, guidance that they needed at the time, you know, that I'm now giving in the book, it just, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I thought it just made it so much more compelling than just sort of a straight guidebook. Yeah. Yeah. I love the stories and, and the, um, I don't want to say, but it's a small little exercises as well too. So it's, uh, it's digestible, it's inspiring. It's, it's, uh, helps you also really, uh, kind of go inward and think about different aspects, but also then practical steps forward too. So, uh, thank you so much for writing it. Thank you for, and I love when men have purchased it and read it and thanked me and this is great. I usually only talk to women. Um, it's, um, we have, um, blind spots. And I think like that's, we all can learn from so many different people. We all can all get into our own little bubble. Um, and there's just so many, there's so many things that are out there to learn, um, to keep learning and to keep growing and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, so glad that you wrote it and, and, and really enjoyed reading it. Yay. Thank you, David. Um, and anything else in, in kind of in the Slack, uh, channels and stuff that you think are, is kind of surprising to people. I love this idea of like kind of crowdsourcing, kind of your job mm-hmm. search journey and saying, Hey, here's my resume in a Google mm-hmm. doc, or Hey, here's, I have this interview this week. And then, you know, next week I'm blah, 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 but keeping people updated. That's a, that is a great idea. Uh, and something that people could just always do. I f- feel like every once in a while you see like, Hey, I'm looking for a job. It's like a Facebook post, which I think is amazing that more people should do that. Um, but then the follow-up is sometimes is lacking a bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just so fascinating because these women really, I mean, 120 countries. So, you know, there's a woman in 
like Oklahoma working with a woman who's living in Ghana. I mean, it's really just such a beautiful thing. So laysgetpaid.com. It's free to join. I will add you to Slack. Yes, we add you manually because it is a free Slack group. So we, uh, it's real people behind the scenes adding real people to the group. Yeah. Uh, is there a chapter in the book that kind of didn't make the last cut that you would have put in if you had a little bit more time or? Uh... Interesting question. Interesting question. No, I mean, I updated and extended the appendix for the paperback version. So that that was my one, that was the one thing I was like, ah, I want to do a little bit more there. And the appendix uh, for everybody listening, the appendix is about what laws can help support women in the workplace and which organizations are focused on those laws um, so that, you know, if you are somebody who's concerned with the systemic discrimination and, and all of those gaps that I mentioned, you're not going to fix it on your own, right? Like you going in and asking for more money. Yes, it improves your life, but that's not actually, you know, that's not addressing the, the system. So let's support the organizations that are. And so that that's the end of the book. That's the appendix. It's resources uh, and it's thinking hopefully in a really big way for folks and especially with COVID now and what we're seeing with, you know, 140,000 women losing their jobs in December alone, et cetera. Like it's the lack of social safety net. That is the problem. The lack of paid family leave in this country, lack of universal childcare that will help women do better at work, stay in the workforce. Right. So I hope those who read my book, see it as yes, let me improve my own life, but also as a rallying cry to like, let's, we got to do this on behalf of everybody and looking at those laws and how you can get them passed. That is a fantastic way to actually make big change. Yeah. Like that was a really generous resource. Uh, in addition to obviously the career advice and, and kind of the personal story and digging into the mindset and stuff then too, it's all about like, well, how do we make big change here? Mm -hmm. like how do we actually, you know, solve these bigger problems that have affected people? And that's why there's, you know, problems, but how do we move forward? Think bigger. Absolutely. And it is overwhelming. And especially, you know, if you're not in politics and you don't even want to think about it, that's okay. Again, there are people who are doing this work every day. Give them five bucks, right? Tweet on their behalf. Like there's always something anybody can do. And no matter how small it is collectively together, we will make a big change. So again, paid family leave, universal childcare. If you had to start somewhere, those are the two laws that will have a massive impact. Cool. Um, and then to the kind of solopreneur or independent that's out there, uh, what either some ideas from the book or from kind of building your community, um, do you think I like, kind of really jump out that, um, that, that has been supportive, that has been helpful to you along the way. And that, you know, something that you wish you learned earlier. I think just two things, one, be less hard on yourself. And two, every time you do something, think about the sustainability of it in terms of your energy, right? Time, money. So am I doing this? Am I, am, am I overworking, right? Like, am I working smart here or just like fully working hard? Uh, am I saying yes to things that I really actually kind of want to say no to, right? Like slow down and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Do I need to be doing this? How is this benefiting me? Right. That, and oh my God, just like let go of the perfectionism. Life is too short, you know, have gratitude. Like, Things are crazy. Things are. I was sued for gender discrimination by a group of men's rights activists. Okay, like my career and my business has taken some some turns here, and so at some point it's just like, you know what? I went outside. I stood in the sun for ten minutes before this podcast. Man, that sun felt good. Like 
you got to find those pockets of, of joy, those pockets of pause. Um, otherwise we're all just going to get too burnt out. And that is speaking from very personal experience at the beginning of my career. Then please let listeners know where they can learn more about your work, Claire. I would love you all to sign up for ladies, get paid, ladies, get paid.com. You'll also see a tab there. Ladies, get paid.com slash book. You can also find my book anywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores, and me on Instagram, Claire gets paid. We also have ladies get paid and we want to hear from you, right? We, we build this for you. We do three events a week, webinars, firesides. We're going to have an equal payday summit on the 24th. Everything goes into a video library that you can get for $9 a month. And I wish I'd had this resource when I was younger. So I, I made ladies get paid for me. And I'm so glad that it's resonated with other people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Claire. Really appreciate it. Thank you, David, for having me. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.